0: The Toad Hop Network Studios.
1: In Hollywood, this, this is the Network.com.
0: It's a groovy way of relaxing.
1: Radio worth watching. Radio worth watching.
2: Hey, what's up, Geekscapers? Welcome to a brand new Geekscape uh, episode. We're going to be talking movies, video games, and comic books. Uh, we have a great guest this week. We have uh, Travis Beecham, who has a movie coming out. He uh, is the screenwriter for Pacific Rim. And uh, that comes out right before we all head down to Comic-Con. So um, it's, I, I love how the studios are now starting to realize the power of Comic-Con, and they are releasing the movies we want to see right before... And right after Comic-Con, and then the week of Comic-Con, they're like, uh, we'll release uh, Rest in Peace, Department. And I'm like, whoa, hey, wait, they'll all be busy. Wait, uh, no, wait, I mean, we, we want to see Rest in Peace, Department. I mean, you know, it'll it'll just kind of fill the hole in our hearts that Men in Black 3 didn't. You know? It's like, hey, you know what, I'm not going to come out hot like a rocket, okay? But, um, yeah, Travis is here. He's got this movie Pacific Rim, but he's also got a uh, a book that's already out. And if you guys are already, like, salivating for Pacific Rim, you don't have to wait. You can actually start the story now by going out and picking up this uh, hardback that Legendary's put out as a hardback graphic novel. It's called, uh, it's called Tales from Year Zero. It's a Pacific Rim book, and it pretty much outlines uh, – like the ten years prior to what you're going to see in the events of the book uh, of the movie, Are, am I right?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's about right. It's um.
2: Is he talking to the mic, all right, Kenny? Uh, uh, let's see. It's got to be like pointed right at your uh, face. Yes. Yeah, there we go. Oh, yeah, listen yeah. to that full voice. There yeah. we go. Uh,
1: yeah, it's um, it's it, it covers basically the first few years of mm-hmm. the of the timeline. Like in a in a universe where the movie takes place, kind of more or less during the during the last year of a twelve year stretch. Mm-hmm. The graphic novel. Covers the first three or four years of that, so there's still like a huge chunk in between the end of the graphic novel and the movie.
2: Just in case you want to do things like prequels, exactly. additional comics, exactly. things like that. Um, I w- I do want to. Uh, I do want to get to the Pacific Rim stuff really. Uh, but first, I think we we need to start the show off talking about um, the loss in the community of Richard Matheson, who is you know we have a writer here with us, um, but. I mean, arguably, he wrote the greatest horror story of all time in I Am Legend. And I remember reading it and it just not being able to sleep, not just that night, but the next couple of days because of the sequence in which uh, the watch doesn't get, un- doesn't oh get wowed. God. yes. And uh, I Am Legend, the book, you know, and, you know, you like the movies. You like The Last Man on Earth. You like Omega Man. Mm-hmm. You like uh, the Will Smith uh, I Am Legend. But the book really... I mean, is that the greatest yeah, I, horror I, story of all time? I think it might be.
1: I, and I haven't seen a movie that really captures kind of the the subtext of the ending, right? Uh, right yet, and uh, and and but yeah, the the watch scene I think is incredible, incredible because it's like every great every great work of horror takes something sort of mundane like that and finds the threatening side of it. You know, in in Jaws, it's it's the ocean. Um, in Psycho, you know, the point of vulnerability in the shower and. And what's great about um, I Am Legend is, is is that watch scene where it takes something that uh, in any other day of your life would be just, you know, oh crap, I'm going to be late for whatever. Like it turns it and it's this it's this it's this life and death thing, you know, just this little thing that he forgets. Yeah, it's and and Matheson is a master at that sort of thing, finding the little details in a really fantastical world that gives it sort of depth. And life.
2: And like, uh, he also did twenty thousand, you know, terror at twenty thousand feet, the the classic Twilight Zone episode. Yes.
0: Um,
2: With a little thing is out, like the like like the Brian Gilmore creatures out on the wing. <laughs> <Yeah>. Brian <laughs> Brian Gilmore is one of our uh, our community members here at Geekscape, and uh, and every time I now having known him, every time I see either that or the William Shatner version from the remake of, of Nightmare at Twenty Thousand Terror at Twenty Thousand Feet, I always think it's Brian Gilmore out on the wing during like the flashes of lightning. He's out there like, ah, there's something out of the wing. Uh, that's why I felt. Working with him here at Geekscape, but whenever whenever he shows up at like Comic Con, which is in a, like two and a half weeks, whenever he shows up, I was like, Oh my god, there's something out there on the con floor. He's coming closer. It's either that or Chaka coming out, you know, like or like a like a like a scary Ugnaught. Um Yeah, no, it, I, I know we were supposed to be uh, eulogizing Richard Mathis, and I turned it into a bash of Gilmore. Uh, no, I. I he, Talking about the adaptations of I Am Legend. And uh, right now we're working, we're shooting um, our documentary, Doc of the Dead. And we're, we, we interviewed like George Romero. And George Romero, it, it, this is like, it, he created Night of the Living Dead from, he wanted to do an I Am Legend story. He wanted to do I Am oh, Legend really? as a film. That. That's why there's a science aspect to the zombies. He thought he would get sued if he didn't change it enough. He didn't want to, he, he couldn't just do I Am Legend. Oh, uh, so, Night of the Living Dead is. He just changed them to ghouls. I had no idea. Yeah, but Night of the Living Dead is his love letter adaptation, unofficial adaptation of I Am Legend. Uh, so if you look at Night of the Living Dead, you can kind of be like, okay, well, that's roughly an adaptation of I Am Legend, whether or not you put it in the, in the, the same series of official adaptations is, mm-hmm. is something else. But um, here, here's my take on the adaptations because they, none of them have been exact. We, the period of time to make I Am Legend as a film came and went in the 80s and it should have been John Carpenter and Kurt Russell in Los Angeles that's the time you should have made that movie and those are the guys you should have made it with that
1: that makes you know it's weird i i really i like the new one but there's something I don't know, I feel like it should be on the West Coast. I can't mm-hmm. I can't quantify that really. But you know, it felt it felt sort of strange it taking place in New York.
2: Yeah, I mean think of it the terror when you uh when the book opens and you see that he's gone through the trouble of literally burning down all the houses around. So the <laughs> vampires can't hide in them. Yeah, yeah. And it's just this lone house in South Central and all the other houses have been basically decimated. And, uh, and and he just holds up in this thing and, and and prepares for every night the vampire blood dance party that happens outside <laughs> of his neighbor calling his name. Um, I always thought seeing Kurt Russell and and especially John Carpenter um, coming out of uh, stuff like you know Assault on Precinct Thirteen and in movies which he was dealing with claustrophobia yeah. and uh, and like uh, battlements and things like that. I was like, oh man, I am Legend, 1980s with Kurt Russell, John Carpenter. We missed that opportunity. Kurt Russell would have been great in that part. He would have <laughs> been awesome. He would have been awesome. Um, but let's talk. Let's talk about your uh, Pacific Rim. So this is your idea, the Pacific Rim. Yes. Now, where did you get the idea of it? Because I'm guessing that we're both big fans of kaiju.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, like as a kid, I, I'd I'd always been a, a huge fan of that sort of thing. I think um, my earliest memory that I can think of right now is uh is seeing a Godzilla movie. I think it was. I guess it had to be an 85 Mm -hmm. um and and i I think so that's always really really stuck with me and by the time I, i i'd grown up and i'd gotten older and and was thinking about movies more seriously i always sort of i wanted to see a modern you know popcorn summer blockbuster with you know just mechs fighting uh giant monsters and and but that in and of itself, it's kind of it's kind of not an idea. That's just like you know, I want to see a zombie movie or I want to right. see a vampire movie or a werewolf movie. I didn't really know like that I had anything at all until I, I came up with the, the element that made it fun to write. That made the whole of it fun to write because mm-hmm. I knew the monsters would be fun to write. I knew the robots would be fun to write. Um, but I didn't know I had anything until I knew I, I, I had something that made the the parts in between with the people uh, fun to write. And so that's. The, the the whole movie, it exists basically because of the idea that it takes two of these pilots to drive a mech, to drive a
2: Jaeger. So their relationship is crucial. And exactly. if their relationship doesn't work... Then the Jaeger doesn't then work. Then the Jaeger doesn't work, <laughs> and yeah. humanity's final days do come... Exactly. That's exactly. interesting. That's really interesting, because uh, basically, it, it seems like this is an idea, because I think Hollywood has all grown up as we've grown up, mm-hmm. and... Hollywood's all fans of stuff like kaiju and, and stuff like maybe robot jocks or maybe uh, you know they wanted to see a good Godzilla movie and they have yet to get a good Godzilla movie. <laughs> I personally want to see a good Gamera movie. I've yet to get a good oh, Gamera yeah, movie. Yeah. We got to look into the Gamera rights. We got to do that. I want a spinning flying turtle monster, <laughs> rocket boosters <laughs> yeah. out of the show. but the kids yeah. love him and he loves kids. Yeah, that's what I want to see. Yeah, kids love um, turtles. Yeah, we'll work on that one. <laughs> and uh, we we, we want to see these giant uh, you know Cthulhu type tentacle monsters or dr- Godzilla type monsters and we want to see like the pro wrestling on a massive scale smacking each other um and i feel like like that was the sale and um i think we've seen those movies and you're right if they are if the that's kind of the skeleton and if they don't have the musculature of the character work exactly. then they can't move exactly it's well, over in 30 minutes
1: yeah cuz it's like it's you know they're just putting the relationship literally you know at the at the center of the robot mm-hmm. you know that that made that just tied everything together. Suddenly the problems that people were having became the problem that problems that the world was having,
2: you know? But wouldn't you just put those problems aside immediately knowing that uh, the, the human race is standing on, like, you one leg? To. You want to, but it's like it's like there's, you know... How bad are these interpersonal relationships? You can't just set them aside and be like, you know what, we'll deal with this in an hour <laughs> after we're done sending that giant monster eating Tokyo back to hell.
1: Well, it's 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 sort of... The way it works is kind of like... you. You know, you your mind has to be totally open to the okay. other person. So you have to have an implicit, you know, there's like a psychic. Trust.
2: There's a psychic link that, that goes well, on there, or yeah,
1: but psychic, not in the mystical sense. More, sure. More than that, like there's a wire Neurotic, going from yeah, your head like, to the other. Yeah. Head. And like, and so your brain naturally, the the thinking is that your brain has sort of psychic scar tissue that it mm-hmm. builds up around itself. You know, and so in order for you for that relationship to be fluid and seamless, it has to be somebody who you implicitly trust, like. A brother, you know, or a father, or a lover, or Or Sandra Bullock
2: and Sylvester Stallone and uh, Demolition Man when they had sex with that mind link, like (laughs) would they have been good? Like would they have been good in a Jaeger together?
1: Um, maybe. maybe. I mean, because
2: that's what I'm thinking. They use that device to like mind link, and that's how they had sex in the future.
1: (laughs) Well, it has to be. It has to be sort of. It has to be
2: bigger than that. Almost like somebody asked me.
1: I I I said bigger than
2: Demolition Man.
1: Yeah, Yeah, bigger than careful. Careful. Well, somebody asked me. Somebody asked because I said I, I, I'd seen, uh, I rewatched Boslerman's uh, Romeo plus Juliet lately. And, uh, <laughs> plus, <laughs> and somebody asked, like, would Romeo and Juliet make good Jaeger pilots? And I said, that's a good question. I said, I don't think so because they don't. They don't really trust each other. Like, that's the whole thing. Yeah, know?
2: they don't trust that he'll show up, so he, they take poison. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, they you you, you yeah. moron. <laughs>
1: yeah. They don't understand each other at all. Right? Man,
2: yeah. you know, thank God for texting in teenagers these days. <laughs> <laughs> it's <just> like, listen, <laughs> I'm thinking about taking poison, please pick up the phone. <laughs> it's like, okay, well, you just completely negated one of the classics of all time. Yep. Yeah, texting could have totally said Romeo and Juliet. Oh, yeah. This is why. This that's is one why thing. Boz didn't update in that version. Totally yeah. unrealistic. Boz, you failed. Yep. 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 I love that one. <laughs> it's great.
1: It's. But I always have to distinguish by saying Romeo plus. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, you got to make it for, like, the social media. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so how, how is this movie doing? Because here's what I woke up to this morning. I woke up to that damn Variety article. Oh, Jesus. Did you read that Variety article? I, I was told about it. Okay, so there was a Variety article that, that went up today that was, like, literally comparing Pacific Rim, Pacific Rim uh, a movie that all the geeks were excited about, with Battleship, uh, a movie that none of the geeks were excited about that didn't have that sort of, like, fervor behind it and yeah. uh i read this article and i said well listen tracking smacking they just completely un you know they, they messed up the tracking on world war z that thing opened to like what 66 63 oh, yeah, million yeah. dollars and they're predicting that pacific rim's not going to do that well what's up with the press trying to destroy a movie before it can stand on its own merits when the box office opens
1: i mean they need something to do um but also also it's sort of <laughs> it's sort of that like this is this kind of thinking is is the sort of thinking that I think is just the problem with Hollywood, you know, from wall to wall mm-hmm. is this sort of very analytical, you know, like like you get you get focus groups in and whatever they don't like you take out and whatever they do like you amp up, and and you do the tracking and you ask kids in the mall like what are you thinking about seeing, um, it's just this this whole sort of you know analytical attitude about about movies that I think you know it's going to turn out increasingly hopefully with, with more and more original movies, you know, or movies that don't have any source material or or source IP, that is going to be proved sort of wrong, is what I'm hoping, because, you know, it measures the baseline popularity of something. Right. So starting three weeks out, you know, like, that's where, you know, a campaign basically starts for a movie. And, uh, and so it, you ask people, what are you thinking about seeing? Well, of course they're going to say, you know, whatever they've heard of before, mm-hmm. you know? Like, we really hadn't started running the TV spots by the time Variety got those tracking numbers
2: and if it wasn't for this testing I want you geeks to know Molly Ringwald would have ended up with John Cryer in Pretty in Pink you guys know that right like and, that would have happened and all in the family wouldn't exist like yeah <laughs>
1: he t- he, that t- tested terribly
2: mm-hmm. and supposedly they tested uh, Pretty in Pink in Beverly Hills of course they don't want him to end up with the poor dork they want him to end up with a rich good-looking guy like what the hell were you guys thinking testing it in Beverly Hills you completely <laughs> rearranged the ending of Pretty in Pink. You know, we, we still would have gotten the ducky dance, which is pretty much what I'm stuck as for Halloween forever. But, you know, we'll get to that. Uh, we had, we do have callers, and I am seeing you guys calling, and I will pick up in a bit, but I, I just want to keep talking about... Um, Uh, to travis about about it because so you're talking about um the mechanics and the the really the math of hollywood gets in the way of the organic process of just making a movie just saying taking a
1: risk and rolling the dice yeah and and this i have i have really an implicit faith in this because not a day goes by that i don't you know run into somebody who i've never heard from before in my life say that this is their movie of the summer you Mm -hmm. know and I believe it, and then I know and I know Guillermo believes in it. And, and people every day come up to me and say, you know, they're excited to see it. So, you know, I think in, in 14 days, uh, I've got a few I told you so's uh, <laughs> saved up for Nikki variety. Nicky yeah. Fink style. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nikki, told you. Uh,
2: the, the thing is, um, this is an original movie. And everybody, I think, was pushing pressure. Uh, I think they were all kind of betting against World War Z because it didn't come from a sequel. It didn't come from... A, You know, a pre-established IP, and World War Z came out, even though it did have a popular book, you know, and every now and then you see that in, I don't know, Harry Potter, (laughs) Twilight, like, God forbid, everybody would say, oh, a popular book, let's turn it into a movie, and then it turns out to be popular, and they they forget the fact that it came, it did come from popular source material, World War Z was a very popular source material, yeah. and granted, it it deviated a bit from it, but um, here we are with true... Original Like World War Z, you can kind of argue, did come from a established IP in the popular book. Yeah. Here we have this thing. You guys, you know, this isn't Hellboy 1. This isn't Hellboy 2. This is Guillermo going out. And I've been kind of waiting for him to do a pro wrestling movie. <laughs> yeah. Because he loves pro wrestling and he loves kaiju and he loves giant robots. And that last fight in Blade 2 is like my favorite part of the movie. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. there's so much, like, badass elbowing and body slamming and wrestling in it. Yeah. How I mean, there's a lot of wrestling in this movie, like both badass monsters. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: The the um, the 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 Hong Kong fight scene. um, Spoilers. Careful. Yeah, we're (laughs) geeks
2: here. We care about this stuff.
1: (laughs) I mean, it could take place anywhere. I guess (laughs) (laughs) the Hong Kong scene of the movie. No, uh, it's 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 one of the most I think immaculately choreographed action scenes that I've ever seen and I'm 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 terrible at writing action scenes you know it's uh it's it's very you know you get you get into kind of like Oh, he he hits him, then he hits him back. You know. Um, okay. have, have, have you read Christopher Nolan's fight scenes? <laughs> no, I
2: haven't. So I, I, I like because I'm like you. I'm like he punches. Like how much more can I write? He punches and kicks, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like before you just go, he wins. <laughs> um, and and uh, we we shot something with wrestling in it recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, my brother starred in this thing, and we were, we and we literally got to the middle of the desert, and everybody turns to me and goes. So how does this fight scene work? <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 I mean, it works on... I mean, when you watch it... Now, I'll, I'll email it to you, Travis. But when you watch it, you're like, oh, that short little fight scene works. But... Oh, man, did I pull it out of my butt? Because I, cause I, cause writing it was stupid. Yeah. Writing it was like... It he grabs stupid. him. He puts him in a headlock. He throws him towards a rope. But it's not a rope. It's a man. He's bodies, it's like, what? No. And writing it does feel stupid. But Christopher Nolan... It, he he writes it so mechanically, and it's literally what's in the movie. You know, he's wow. like, he grabs him by the wrist. He turns his metatorsal. You know? like, he's funny, like, he's funny, like uh, I mean, I don't know if he was an acupuncturist at some point, in his life, but Christopher, Christopher Nolan literally writes it uh, exactly like he grabs him by the trachea. <laughs> he, 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 he uses 38% pressure point. You know? I was like, who the hell are you, Kurt Angle? Like, <laughs> but, uh, but it's really interesting to write because. I guess you and I, we don't write, we just say punch kick, he wins.
1: Yeah. Well, I was going to say, it's a good thing, like, Guillermo is directing, because he, I mean, he really made a meal of, like, every single action beat, and he has the, I mean, he has them doing things that I could not in my wildest dreams have imagined something that big doing.
2: His creativity is insane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, and I wonder how he fuels it, because... You, i mean you run out of steam when you're writing yeah, and yeah i gotta go like i like i gotta go read a comic book or i gotta go play a video game and even if it's just for like 15 minutes mm-hmm. it's enough to get my like i guess my visual image bank back and, yeah. and be like okay okay i'm I'm fresh i can actually write for a little bit more but how does this guy do it because people like him they just go i yeah i mean
1: like he, he's always working on like half a dozen things i think I, it surprises me when he's like Oh, have you seen such and such? And I think, like, when do you have time to see anything? Like, yeah, right. You're, yeah, you're, you're like working on five different movies right now. Do you
2: think, and I'm going to ask you this, and feel free to not answer it, do you think there's five of them? Uh, yes. Do you think Guillermo del Toro, there's like five of them? Yes. He's just I do. swapping them out. Uh, yeah. Because that's what I'm wondering. I'm like, you know what? Uh, Doug Jones was in this project we just shot. A good friend of Guillermo. Oh, yeah, 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 Doug yeah. Jones is in this project. And uh, of course, when I had him on set, I was picking his brain and being like, Doug, listen, Guillermo, like, like, is it a drug? Is he taking the <laughs> shit that Bradley Cooper did in that movie with Robert De Niro? Like, <laughs> I, like I, what was that movie Limitless? Limitless. <laughs> I was like, what's he doing? I, like, I don't get it. Uh, but I'm guessing he just gets in there with a storyboard artist and he just nerds out. Oh yeah, he, he loves just nerds it. out. He love. I
1: think. Well, I think that's the secret, really, to to doing this to doing this whole job, right? Really, is that, you know, if you love it, you know, it's not it's not work. It's just you know what you want to do. I mean, I have trouble taking vacation because it's like. You know, I, I write I write fucking movies for a living. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, can't, um, I can't I can't. It is your vacation. Yeah, that's my vacation. Yeah. Right. Like, it's like it's like, what, how do you take a vacation for making up stories and like going to a land with monsters fighting robots? You know, right. that's uh, that's
2: fun. You need a wife. <laughs> you need a wife, because because I do that, and then my wife is like, "You need the real world. It's real world time," and she'll like, "Take me out, even if it's like, where do we go, sweetie?" Oh, my wife's here at the studio. We went to like like Bed Bath and Beyond, and I was like, "Now that I'm breathing the free air, we should go get a uh, a chocolate sundae." And, and she's like, "What the hell?" She's like, "You've never in the eight years I've known you wanted to just go get a vanilla sundae." And I was and like, it's, "But it's I like, will." And it's like I'm it's free. been forever since you've been out in the world, and you're like, "What's this oh, I'm pillow
1: like, made I, of?" And they're I, like, <laughs> "Memory foam." Um,
2: I'm like, I'm like Smeagol. I'm like freaking Smeagol. Remember, Smeagol was just a normal hobbit, and then he got in that damn cave. He couldn't find his way out. He became blind. He was just like, Burr. That's me. Uh, when you come over, the reason that my house stinks, it's not because I'm messy. It's because that's how I navigate. <laughs> I navigate my smell. Uh, listen, we, we've got this uh, 914 caller calling. I think that's from Orange County. Uh, they've been calling a while, so I'm going to pick up the phone. Is that cool, Travis? Yeah, yeah. Uh, hey, what's up? You are on the line with Travis Beecham and Geekscape.
0: Hey, it's George. Hey, what's up, George? So, uh, How are you doing? Um, I, I have a, a couple of questions. I'll, I'll make them as, as quick as I possibly can, Travis. Sure. Um, okay. One was, was the lore the hardest part about writing Pacific Rim, or was it, I mean, I know you said the action, like, the fight scenes was, was hard, but, like, it looks like from the show, it's really it looks awesome that there's just a, a lot of lore that, and backstory that goes into all this.
1: Thanks, um, thanks.
0: That's do you want me just to lay yeah, them all out? Answer, or that, or one. answer that one. Answer that one, Travis. Well, yeah.
1: Uh, yeah, I think, well, the lore it was definitely the most fun part to write. Um, it, I, I think that's sort of my approach to, to genre stuff in general, is that when you're doing something that takes place in the real world, you know, with you know, with real people in, in cities that we all know, you don't really have to get into explaining, like, well, here's how Los Angeles public transit works, you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> right, you know, you right, just take right. that sort of thing for granted. So in writing genre stuff um, – I, I, what I like to do is I like to invent a lot of things that maybe you aren't going to use in the movie. Maybe you are. But the fact that it's there to reference sort of informs the confidence with which you tell the story. And so in, in that sense, I think lore is, is fundamental to writing good fantasy and science fiction because because viewers and readers can sense that the world has a depth to it. You know, they get that even even if it's something they can't really describe, they, they feel like if they walked if they walked through the screen through the fourth wall and looked around the corner it would just keep right on
2: going, and there would be there would be other stuff happening. And if it's not inhabited, there's nothing to lose. Yeah, like if it's not inhabited, what are you fighting for? Exactly. It's got to completely exactly. be inhabited. Exactly. You know, that's what I didn't like about Volcano with Tommy Lee Jones. They worried so much about the transit system that when they went to save those guys on the subway, and that dude, like, melted from his feet up. You remember uh, God, that scene? Yes,
1: yes, I was
2: like, oh, my God, they worried too much. They should have done the lore, because you know what? Lore would have saved that movie over... That's why Dante's Peak Dante's is so peak. much better. <laughs> so much more that's lore. That's the Dante's <laughs> Peak. Hey, Kenny, I... High five, okay? Dante's Peak lore? Volcano pour. That's how we do it. That's how we do it nice. here. Uh, George, uh, you have some more questions. Sorry I get stupid. Yeah,
0: I'll, I'll just be real quick with the other two. Um, one is, like, uh, what? I don't know if you can answer this, but, like, what do you think going on with the abundant lack of originality in scripts right now in Hollywood? Because it seems like there's a lot of unoriginal kind of just, Sequels and reboots and kind of just not good stuff coming out for cash. Well, and also, as as someone who's trying to work as a as a screenwriter, just what what advice would you have? Those were my only other two questions.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's I think it's a really good question as to why there's not why there's not more original stuff. Um, you know, I think it's just it's a habit that they've gotten into, and they've really and you know, I I don't mean screenwriters, I mean sort of the upper echelons of the industry. Um, the yeah, yeah, it's a risk aversion I think, but the problem with that is that I don't think I don't think established material is actually less risky than original material. I think they're both equally risky. So it's this I think it's this trap that they that they've fallen into and they just it's become almost a truism. It's like, well, you know, we have to have a pre-existing awareness in order for something to to explode really big. And and I, that I just think, you know, I, I I think it's ridiculous. I, I think people would have gone to see Jurassic Park whether it was based on a novel or not. You know, yeah, it was like, just cool. cool. Yeah, yeah. You, you see
2: robots <laughs> slamming monsters. You're just gonna go see it. And exactly. I I, in, I think really when when something fails, somebody mm. comes in and you keep your job if you say, but I based it on this hugely successful thing. Or it was yeah, a secret how could I you, have gone wrong? How could <laughs> you? You would have made the same choice, but mm. you lose your job if you went out on you know on like the the plank and by yourself and said, yeah. okay, yeah. I I took a risk, yeah. It's so no really, pressure, yeah, it, yeah. yeah. But it's really annoying. Like, uh, it, it, I mean, you wrote um, something based on an established property in, in mm-hmm. Clash of the Titans. Oh yeah, yeah. We, 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 were you excited about that, or, were you, or did you know that you were part of the trend? You well, were part it, of the evil. Well, here's I defend mean, yourself now. Well, here's the here's <laughs> the. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, but
1: I I, I do think it's a, it's an important question. I think like, you know, when I when I when I talk about the need for like original material, it's it's not so much you know. It's not so much that I that I want to see no adapted material. Like, I'll be, you know, I'll be there first day on the next Star Wars. What about you know my Critters I mean? adaptation? Well, yeah, I <laughs> when I bring everyone. back the Critters but, oh. franchise, what about that? <laughs> that, well... That's it's funny that you bring up critters because that goes back to I think the the decade you know when I when I grew up when it's like you had this original stuff coming out like constantly mm-hmm. right
2: you had you my had, Monster Squad in college you up you, for it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wolfman's got nards and now he knows how to use
1: them no, it would be it would be like um, it would be it would be strangely solemn I think if yeah. you did it now yeah. it would be, it would be yeah. like <laughs> <laughs> they're just losers <laughs> the Christopher it would be the Christopher Nolan uh, version oh right but, yeah we're
2: morose we're like a goth gang that hangs around and talks about monsters. <laughs>
1: But, like, I, I, think, I, I think it's, uh, you know, in, when I was a kid, you know, we had, like, we had Alien, we had Ghostbusters, mm-hmm. we had Back to the Future. Like, it was Termina- constant. Terminator? Yeah, Terminator. We had, yeah. It was constant. Like, it's ridiculous. And I just think, you know, we can have the Batmans, we can have the Supermans, we can have endless Star Wars sequels. But I think on top of that, it would be healthy if the industry originated some of its own material, you know, started seeding its own material. If, you, if you're relying on other mediums to get your material from then it's like you you have no control over what you're putting out really
2: That's no. true. That's I hadn't heard it put like that, but it's true. You're basically just a redundancy.
1: Yeah, exactly. And it, you're just you're just a support system for for all these other like other kinds of media uh, or they're a support system for you, for you. It's and it doesn't
2: really work backwards. You know, you don't you, you still see comic book stores closing. Yeah. You don't see spinner racks coming back to the grocery <laughs> store. No. You you still see some of these original You know, places that are being mined for content. You still see them failing. Yeah. You know, I mean, as a lifelong comic book lover, as somebody who's just always loved comics and read comics avidly, seeing the fact that the industry is still failing, even though there are Avengers and Iron Man movies and Superman movies breaking the box office, is frustrating because. When one of those movies stink, I have to turn to my wife and be like, sweetie, that thing that I read every night, like, like, and keep you uh, awake with the light on, like, it doesn't suck as bad as this movie does right now. Please. You have to understand that the source material is good, but... The majority of people aren't discovering that there are true artists working in it.
1: Well, I think it's infected the comic book industry too in a weird way. Like mm-hmm. they, they, they know that their stuff is sort of is is ripe to be made into movies. You know what I mean? So they start writing it out, and they're exactly. basically writing treatments. Exactly, by... and well, this is one of the things I found. Like in writing comic, and you know, I am by no means an expert in writing. Was comics. Was it all this part of the like... same
2: whole, or did the comic come as a part of support for the movie, which came first? it was, it was well
1: the the content of the comic um it was part of the lore yeah it was part, was part of the lore uh the idea to do a comic we all, we always knew that we were that we were going to do a comic but right. um but when we, we time came you know to start talking about it and thinking about it they asked you know like what, what should it be about? And and I think all, all of us simultaneously were like, well, it can't be an adaptation of the movie. No, like we, those we, fail now.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And prequels are awesome. Like the Star Trek prequel before the J.J. J. Abrams, the first yeah, one that like yeah. tied it in the next generation, that prequel was awesome. Yeah, um, was the prequel comics are all really, really good now, and that's the way to do it. Yeah, because um, it
1: supplements the experience of seeing the movie as opposed to just duplicating
2: it. So it was there, and mm-hmm. then they they had the movie. They needed they wanted some kind of support or something that could work You know, a month out, Mm -hmm. and they said, "Why not put out one of these really nice hardback graphic novels for it?" And you were like, "I'm game." (laughs) Yeah, no,
1: I was totally. Yeah, anytime they're like, anytime they come and they're like, "Hey, Travis, do you want to write a do you want to write a Pacific Rim comic?" I'm like, "Sure, yeah." Like if they came and they were like, "Hey, do you want to write like ten webisodes of?" I'd be like, "Isn't that
2: ridiculous?" (laughs) it's ridiculous. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, I I I can't talk about it because we're announcing it at Comic Con, but I had my scripts approved by a, a major studio. And they had two notes <laughs> for a comic book based on a property that you guys know. And I hinted at it last week, but the announcement has to wait till Comic Con. I checked. I want to give you guys stuff, but I had to check. And they were like, you know, and they were like, hey, they, they, actually, my editor called and said, listen, you know, something that we did on the X Files comic over, you know, we, uh, you know, we had like <clears throat> shots from the show from the opening, so that fans of the show could like flip through the comic and see shots from the show. Uh, I can't pay you for it but do you mind just going online and like like finding some shots and like giving it and i was like a that'll take me 10 minutes that will take me 10 minutes it won't take me any time b that's awesome (laughs)
0: Like, yeah a i was
2: probably gonna watch i mean i was gonna watch that anyway yes no of course it it literally took me 20 minutes to do like yeah here we're getting asked to to generate content for a comic book Well, yeah, find me
1: up any day. It's funny; I've become sort of the de facto kind of like a curator of the of the mythology. So, anytime like we're revising the Bible or, or you know talking about the novelization and stuff like that, they're like, you know, Travis, could you read this manuscript of whatever to see like that it gets all the dates right. And you know, any sane person would be like, "No, listen, I've got, I've got things to do." Go through my agent, like, yeah. Go through my lawyer. I was like, I was like, on this. I'll, I'll get it done tonight. You know,
2: took nothing. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it was fine. Did the actors turn to you for information, or did they basically just go to Guillermo? And they that's did they treat you you like a PA? Did they treat you like a PA? Well, I was. Did you show up on set (laughs) and they were like, "Listen, can you give me a decaf?"
1: And <laughs> Well, it's it's that's 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 Guillermo's house, sort okay. of. It. And I I wasn't on set a, a ton. I was, because it was in Toronto. Yeah, it was yeah. in Toronto, so it wasn't you know
2: like in your, going you back hate in Canadians. <laughs> You're not going to the third world
1: for some movie. Well, I did have a strangely, I did have a strangely, um a strangely antagonistic run in in customs going into Canada. What? Because I should have said, oh, I'm here for pleasure,
2: right? Yes, you said you are in there for work. <laughs>
1: well, yeah, because in my head I was thinking, yeah, it's, oh. it's my movie. So they were like, "Listen, you know," and it was oh, this no. total like, "It's like you aren't. Are you, how long are you going to be here? Like, what job did you say you were doing? If it's called Pacific Rim, why is it filming in Toronto? Like all these sort of questions." <laughs> and I'm like, "Listen, I meant pleasure." I, yeah. you know, it
2: would just... <laughs> I'm gonna hang out on the set with Gamero and Stringer Bell. Like it's yeah, gonna be awesome. Just, uh, yeah, here's the thing that allows me to forgive Canada for its treatment of you is that uh, <laughs> Toronto actually has the greatest comic book store on the continent in the Silver Snail. Oh, yeah, yeah, The Silver yeah. Snail <laughs> is the shit. And uh, when we ultimately invade and take over that colony, um, I hope that they don't destroy Toronto too much. I hope the Silver Snail is still standing. Um, no, I had a great time once I got past customs. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I'm like Scott Pilgrim hanging out in Toronto. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but before we go to commercial, though, uh, George did have a question about what advice you would give an aspiring screenwriter.
1: I, it's going to sound glib, um, but just write what you love. And And I think when people hear me say that you know you you immediately think like do you mean write what i like an awful lot no i mean like write what you love like it's like you're on a desert island right like and it's just you and a typewriter and no one's ever going to read anything that you type on that typewriter and you ask yourself, what is You
2: could st- have just said Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> you could have just said porn. <laughs> and, the, and the
1: question really is, like, what's the story that's still itching to get out, even when no one's going to read it? Right. Like, and that's what you should write. Like, don't think about, like, what the market is, what the appetite is, you know. Just, it's like whatever your heart wants to type, you know, that's what you're going to do best.
2: Because it's an excruciating amount of work and dedication.
1: Oh, yeah. and Thank if you. you.
0: That's the best advice I've ever had. Awesome. awesome. I'm
1: glad. I'm glad. Yeah, It's it's, you can't. You can't you can't let anybody be your master. You have to totally just, you know...
2: And if it's monsters, it's one thing. If it's relationships, it's another thing. Exactly, exactly. You know George is going to, like, close the blinds tonight. He's going to get his screenwriting out, and he's going to be like, time to get the poison out. <laughs> time to get the poison out. I mean, uh, I see it as... Um, yeah. Uh,
0: uh, yeah, get the poison no, out, baby.
2: So I see it as um, exercising like your demons. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean. Yeah. Like, like if not, you're gonna be like stuck in your bed going. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> like, because like going it's crazy. like because it's like you're
1: gonna you know you're gonna sell this and like you're gonna you know that's you're ridiculous. Gonna, you're gonna fight about it. You're gonna argue about it. You're gonna cry about it. Like you're gonna. Get, it's gonna like, get changed. It's gonna, it's gonna, gonna, gonna get, get taken changed. out of your hands. Yeah. So it's got to be something that you that you want to fight for, like with every fiber of your being, because you're gonna have to. You know. Right. And, right. and, that's, and and if you love it, it's never going to feel like work fighting for it. It's always going to feel like you're, you're accomplishing something.
2: Cool. Uh, well, that's great advice. We're going to be right back with Travis talking about uh, what fighting he had to do to get his movie about monsters and robots fighting uh, <laughs> to the big screen. Uh, we're here with Travis Beachum on Geekscape. We're going to take a commercial break, and we'll be right back with some more of your phone calls and more talk about kaiju and big robots. Awesome. You're listening to the Toad Hop Network, radio worth watching. All right, we're back on Geekscape. We're back, right, uh, right, Kenny over there? Um, Kenny's going to be joining us uh, at uh, Comic-Con, so if you guys want to come down, we're booth 3919, literally right across the, the walkway from Legendary, where uh, Travis is going to be there for um, Pacific Rim. We're going to be there for Dock of the Dead, which... Um, we're finally uh, back to shooting on. And uh, we actually have to deliver it in a f- in pretty tight window. And then uh, we're going to be premiering these comic book properties that I keep um, kind of flirting with here. And you guys will get a first look at um, Hero are the Prophecy, the project that I did with my brother. You know, the pro wrestler gets transported to an alien planet because the alien planet, think like Beastmaster. You know, Conan the Barbarian, Sword and Sorcery from the 80s, with a little bit of Land of the Lost, a little bit of Hercules and Xena from the 90s in it. And this planet sees wrestling through a portal, and like Galaxy Quest, they think it's real, and they've been ruled by an evil wizard, and they go, Oh, obviously, this guy's the greatest fighter we've ever seen. And so they summon a pro wrestler from our planet to fight for them. and they summoned my brother, and my brother's playing himself. So <laughs> the first place you'll be able to see that is uh, is our Comic-Con booth, which is going to be exciting. It's booth 3919 on the Comic-Con floor. Uh, and all that news you can find at geekscape.net. Uh, some other news, we're not going to be here next week because it is the birth of our country. It is uh, July the 4th, and uh, because it's Independence Day, we're not going to be here. Roland Emmerich's probably going to destroy the planet anyway. So, um, you know, sorry. Sorry, If you if, if you're not from the U.S., and you want your geekscape live on thursday um i'm sorry (laughs) but um as as the world leader we can decide that and um whatever mud hut you're listening to the show in um i have to apologize you know we we do not kowtow to the third world nor will we so those of you in australia and canada i'm sorry I'm literally, picturing, I'm literally picturing people sitting in mud huts, yeah, listening. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they're like, maybe we, should, "Maybe we should kick around that soccer ball some more." Like that's not a soccer ball; that's your uncle's skull. He he, he starved to death. <laughs> the cows grew thin, and they fell in the fields. I'm sorry. Back, no to, Pacific back <laughs> to Pacific Rim. Back to Pacific Rim. Do you like being on Geekscape, Travis? It's just like hanging out with your geek friends. No, no, definitely, definitely. And you, you grew up in Tennessee. Did you, were you, like, you were a
1: geek. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. And it was not a good thing to be it, back it then sucked. in Tennessee. It yeah, no. sucked. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It sucked. There um, was no upside. What is <laughs>
2: the worst part of growing up a geek? Like, not that you have to tell me, but oh, tell the audience.
1: Um, you're constantly excited about things no one cares about. <laughs> <laughs> what,
2: what was the, what was like the thing you were most excited about growing up, like the '90s or whatever? Oh, whenever man. you well,
1: were '90s, uh,
2: I don't know. It was probably it was probably movies
1: in general, which right. everybody likes movies. But of course, you know, you're like, being the fifth a element's coming yeah, out, people yeah, yeah. like that looks
2: dumb. Why isn't he just escaping from another tower? Well,
1: it's it's fun. I was uh, I was supposed to see The Phantom Menace when it was coming out, and I worked at a movie theater at the time. But uh-huh. I thought like, aha, I'll just request off and say it has something to do with graduation or whatever, and I'll go see it in in this neighboring town. And it turned out the tickets there were sold out. So I was like, what What am I gonna do? And I. <laughs> I, I was like, All right, it's cool. There's gonna be people in costumes. Breathe. Right? Breathe. Breathe. And so what I did was I got like a hood with like with like uh, with you know, one of those face masks where you can't really see through it. And I wasn't dressed as anybody. Right. You know? like I mean, it was almost like you know. count I, I was like all. I would yeah. go and I went to my the, my own theater that I worked at and waited in line and saw the Phantom
0: Minutes. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> that may be the nerdiest thing. No, it's not. But that, that's pretty geeky. <laughs> so you went to your own theater mm-hmm. in York disguise yep.
1: that I'd said I can't work that night yeah yeah oh that is awesome <laughs> it was it was it was it was a, it was a fun I, And 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 literally the managers like walking down the line and like look at all these freaks in costumes and costumes
2: like they were saying right, that yeah 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 and you're like you better sign my time card dickhead <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious yeah um did, did you enjoy working in movie theater or did it stink I I, it, it. I, well, it, I I liked it i well i i liked it because it was um because you know what i mean like when, like when it becomes your job and it, i mean screenwriting is one thing because you're you're in the you're in the mix but when you're part of like the um when you're part of like the 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 service you know industry yeah. aspect of well it's i what you love if you it, had it asked me maybe, at the time yeah.
1: i would have said i, I would have said eh, i don't know but like after that, I worked at, like, an you know, O'Charlie's or whatever, at Waiting Tables. And if you'd asked me then how I liked working in a movie theater, I would have been like, please, dear God, send me back to the movie theater. Yeah. Um, but I, at the time, I, I saw the endings of lots of movies oh. over and over again. Like the English patient. You're like, no. The <laughs> well, thimbles. I must have seen that duel scene from The Phantom Menace, like, like. Dozens of times. Dozens yeah. and dozens of times. Because we would always go in when the movie was ending and stand in the
2: back. That, 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 that's an awesome choreographed scene. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing. But, like, as a Star Wars fan, it hurts. You know I mean? <laughs> like, as, a, as a Star Wars I mean, I, I literally... that first scene... I, saw, they... I, 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 I mean, you, you guys saw me interviewed for uh, The People vs. George Lucas, that documentary. And um, and I think one of the things that I said that's not in the final cut of the movie, but was, like, uh, any real Star Wars fan has only seen Phantom Menace, one, like, twice. Yeah, once yeah. to see it, and second time to like be like, wait, did it really suck that bad? You know, like, and I've, I've literally only seen The Phantom Menace twice. I've seen the, the episodes two and three uh, once I, each. Yeah, I saw, yeah. I saw
1: episode two once. I may have seen three once and a half.
2: And, and that being said, I can't be more excited for J.J. J. Abrams' Star Wars. <laughs> Me, either. Me either. Is, is all forgiven?
1: I, well, I don't know. I, I feel like, you know, honestly, I feel like he did... He did, and I know he gets flack for this, but I, I think he did a really good job rebooting Star Trek. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I I, really, I was, you know, when he blew up Vulcan, I was like, oh my God, anything goes now. You but know? they
2: preserved right. the actual, I
1: mean, they
0: preserved exactly. the ones that everybody exactly. loved.
2: Exactly. It's just an alternate timeline. People mm-hmm. can chill. Take a chill pill. They can still go back and tell your Picard stories. Yeah, yeah. Come on, relax. Yeah. yeah. So don't,
1: don't get into fervor. I've got high hopes. I've got really high hopes.
2: Right. The, the only thing that may disappoint me is if he doesn't do a third Star Trek movie because he's doing Star Trek. <laughs> Wars movies.
1: exactly yeah you
2: know but as a geek it is it is absolutely a uh, you know we're 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 bathing in our riches like Scrooge McDuck jumping into his freaking money bin. <laughs> more uh, Star Trek. It's a, it's a, more it's a Star great War. time to be yeah. a geek, but let me tell you, growing being in high school in the '90s stunk. Oh yeah, I, I I was like you. I worked at a comic book store, and I was like, man, this is gonna be awesome. <laughs> but it was almost like too much, you know, like 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 uh, like the night that my wife didn't make dinner, like she was out at a party, and I was like, I better make my own dinner. So I just went to CVS and bought a bunch of Mike and Ikes. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I was like, I love Mike and Ikes. You don't love Mike and Ikes that much. You don't love Mike and Ikes to the point where you eat making it a damn meal. <laughs> It's like microwave popcorn to Mike and That's a stupid dinner. (laughs) (laughs) I I was a 31-year-old man at the time. Okay, so working in a comic book store, as a geek, this is the painful part of it. The popular kids would all gather in the parking lot to go out to parties. Mm -hmm. So I would sit there in my comic book store, and I would see everyone (laughs) from my high school who was popular. And I went to like a... Varsity Blues type school, like they won the St- <laughs> Texas State Championship, five A, like my senior year, and uh... and in our quarterback, won. The, they went on to win an NFL like like uh, finals MVP, and uh, you know it's incredible. Um, so I would see all these popular kids in their pickup trucks come and just like gather in our parking lot, and I'd be like, Wonder Woman, you would never do this to me, <laughs> you would never leave me, and I would look out the window, and it's not like they were like, oh, it's a comic book store, we won't even look at it. They saw me through the window, <laughs> and they knew I was probably closing in a few hours. Hey, Jonathan, we're going to be out at the lake. Hey, Jonathan, we're going to be at so-and-so's house. Could you join us when you wrap up here. No, they were like, sup. So they gave me a sup nod, and they, they just like walked away. And I'm There's like, a oh, tacit
1: understanding that you're not in their cast.
2: Yeah, I think it was an understanding that, hey, a few hours ago when we were walking through the halls, I bounced your head off a locker because you were reading an X-Men comic. Like, I think that was the understanding. It wasn't even a what's up, bro. It was a step to me, and I'll do it again. <laughs> Yeah. Next time you'll be crying into your little dazzler <laughs> backpack. Like, I think that's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, did, did you ever, I mean, did you get bullied? Did you get, what was did, the worst well, I dude stepped up to you?
1: I didn't really get physically bullied. What happened? Um, it, but Psychologically. It, yeah. It was just, you know, it was. It was Were you ever just, on the friend ladder? yeah oh, oh yes. yeah, that was the worst, yeah, yeah that yeah. was the worst, yeah yeah that was that was my entire experience, like, yeah, no, that was the worst part, like I you know, I would take getting shoved into a locker if I got off the friend, well, it, ladder. it was yeah. a girl that did it, it was the girl yeah. I liked
2: that did it, yeah, that's how she told me I was on the friend's ladder. <laughs> you kidding me, um, who was like kick ass when she goes like to <laughs> yeah. the, the the bully and has them in the comic version, not the movie version yeah, yeah. obviously, <laughs> the, the nerd push up the glasses, um, so okay, you were gonna say like like the the worst you like were like damn you i wish i was not a geek like what was that moment i don't know i it, it was it was just
1: i think i got sort of used to it in high school and mm-hmm. kind of made it a thing you yeah, know? acceptable
2: torture yeah 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 yeah
1: like I, a I, war of attrition yeah it's sort of well you know I, I i made friends and i'm still friends with the with, with the friends i had in high school don't lie to us and, mr hollywood <laughs> you know, you you ain't on
2: no Facebook.
1: And and it was uh, yeah, I mean that it was it was something that I got used to. But I mm-hmm. think I think in junior high
2: specifically, and in, in elementary school, you know, do you get hot I'd babes do. now with the with the um, screenwriting. I, thing.
1: I have I have I have a girlfriend. I've I've had her for uh, ten years. About
2: oh, so okay, that's that works. Yeah, you go back to. The, so does it blow people's mind? Like, have you gone to your ten year yet? No, I didn't. Like, oh, you should have gone, dude. I
1: wanted to. You I wanted to gone. land in a
2: helicopter
1: and be like. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to come on. I wanted to come in on <laughs> like a Bengal tiger,
2: dude. To, when you go to your 15, that said, ask me about the movies. Well, now. No, no, when you go when you go to your 15, going in a Jaeger. <laughs> yeah, Go in a Jaeger just. Be, Shh, I remember you were a douchebag. you and your girlfriend. Yeah, you got to do it together. You gotta. Yeah, you and your girlfriend. You have to have this like mind link, Sylvester Stallone <laughs> thing going on, and then you gotta run this Jaeger and just go up to like the dude who. Was like the meanest, or you didn't like him, or shoved you <laughs> out of the way, and this and that, and just be like, kick him in the ball. You want to <laughs> revisit an asshole, <laughs>
1: or just be like, or just be like, hey, uh, what's uh, what, what are you doing nowadays?
2: <laughs> Wait, because I'm a uh, he was gonna be nice. I'm writing. That's about as nice as you can be too. Well, that's a pretty yeah. big move
1: yeah hey what are you doing, what are you, what are you doing yeah. nowadays cuz right. uh, i'm uh, um, i'm i'm running pacific rim 3 right now so uh.
2: <laughs> see everybody thinks that what i'm doing out here in hollywood is so glorious like like glamorous back in austin <laughs> but then i remember that like i graduated with like a guy who went to the nfl went to the nba two guys who went to the nfl and it's like no i'm still a nerd back in texas <laughs> yeah. it's like oh you're just doing a nerdier
1: version bigger oh yeah, yeah but but the, 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 the nerds are cool now like if you yeah. told me like if you told me in in like high school or junior high like spock is going to be a sex symbol like when you grow up, like I would have been like, "What are you talking
2: about?" Yeah, yeah I guess so. Alive, yeah. whatever. <laughs> That's crazy, but um, you know, it does feel good that the chickens have come home to roost. You know, uh, you know, I remember Laura and I's first date. I was like, uh, "So, um, what are some of your favorite horror movies?" And that line worked. Nice. That line worked, didn't it, sweetie? Mm.
0: It's like Tony Maria West Side Story. The entire party just disappeared.
2: <laughs> She's like, "Well, I loved Halloween." And I was like, "Oh, well, I come from the '80s. Uh, it's more of a comic book nature with uh, Jason Voorhees and uh, Freddy Krueger." Uh, Krueger. Uh, <laughs> I, I was trying to impress her. I was trying to impress her with my, my nerd knowledge. Like, oh, yeah, explain. I can explain. Michael Mayors. Uh, Michael Mayors. I can explain the intricacies. <laughs> Which do you prefer, gremlins or kratars? <laughs> <laughs> Yo, Jonathan Carpenter. Are you a Goonies fan or are you a member of the Monster Squid? <laughs> Van Damme or Steven Seagal? We can do this all day. We can do this. Obviously, Van Damme. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so, Pacific Rim. Listen, uh, Wr- Wrath of the Titans. We got to talk about that because you did not write Wrath of the Titans. I
1: did I didn't, I didn't I honestly didn't see Wrath of the Titans. So. You, know what, I, you know what? It
2: was on TV a little while ago and I was like Yeah, this is pretty badass. But it was on mute. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yo, this movie this movie looks tight. I, I unmuted it, my ears started bleeding. I turned it off. Um no, but um the Clash of the Titans thing, like how do you literally step into the like like Ray Harryhausen footsteps and be like I'm going to make this well I pressure I, I well
1: it's it's sort of the w- the way that I looked at it was I I I love Ray Harryhausen I, I told you know I was I was talking to to my girlfriend I think Ray Bradbury had just died and it made me think you know oh he's friends with Ray Harryhausen and I'm, and I said you know listen like just fair warning: When Ray Harryhausen dies, I'm I'm probably gonna lose
2: my shit. A right, little you're gonna bit. need to be there for me. Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Right. And it was like I I had to take a day, but like I, I grew, like he was the first filmmaker I knew by name. You mm-hmm. know, like Ray Harryhausen was so fundamental to my personal mythology. Um, and and so when when someone you know, my my philosophy was when I walked in, it was sort of my first gig, and they said, "Oh, how, how, what do you?" how do you feel about Clash of the Titans? I almost had to bite my tongue to keep from jumping on it because I thought, like, my thinking was, look, they're going to have somebody write it anyway. Right. right. You know yeah, like, it might it, as well be me. Yeah, somebody it might as well cares. be somebody who loves it. Um, and... Did it get away from you? <clears throat> like, in the writing oh, yeah, process, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. it got away from you? Oh, because
2: yeah. I keep hearing that, like, Liam Neeson's role, which was, uh, ba- he basically was, like, the, like, solve everything mm-hmm. of, you know, in the final cut, I'm like, wait, why is Liam Neeson just giving him shit? You know, like, well, like, like shouldn't all the gods be... Be active, here's, like Danny here's, Houston. Wasn't he pissed that his role got
1: I mean, decimated? Well, here's here's the here's the thing. The, my my draft was sort of, it was kind of the Lord of the Rings version of it. It was sort of you it was say, way Lord longer. Of the Rings. Lord of the Rings, mm-hmm. way longer. Lots of people walking around mountains. It was yeah, way longer. A lot more solemn. Like no jokes in it. And the one time I did put a joke in it, they I think they read the draft and they were like, "What's this?" <laughs> I'm, like, uh, I'm like, oh, he's joking there. And they're like, don't, don't do that. Um, and then I see the movie where they're like, why is cracking all the time? I'm oh, like, they pull, what, out, what the they hell pull out
2: Bulbo <laughs> and they bitch him out. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I was like, no, please. Why'd you bitch out Bulbo? He's the best. <laughs> but but my favorite idea from it, um, the character of Io, the Jim yeah. Arterton character, in my draft, um, she, was, she was a dying goddess because mm-hmm. the whole idea is this, there's this war between man and the gods. And she's this minor goddess who doesn't have a name anymore because no one worships her anymore. Mm. No one prays to her anymore. And so in the script, she was just called the, wilt, the wilting girl. Mm. And who, she was gradually fading out of existence over the course of the script. Um, and and that's, that's the one thing that I, I was so proud of that I, that I really wanted to see in the movie that, that was And
2: did that kind of get mutated into her want of mortality? I don't know. Like, I like in the final draft, like she wants mortality. And here's what's fucked up. Mm-hmm. All right cuz I I went to see the movie. I love like action movies. If there's a Clash of the times movie, I like that first one I had to see because I I'm like you. I love the mm-hmm. original and um and she the entire movie she's like I pray for mortality because, you know, it's like with the vampire thing. I'm bored of life. and Yeah, I, you know, I want Which to know I don't what understand it's like. at all. I want right? to know what it's like to feel. And, da, 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 da. and And she ends up being gifted with a death at the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. And then freaking Zeus shows up and he's like, I brought you a gift. I brought her back to life. And I was like, are you kidding me? You dick. Why did you do that? That was the one thing. What are you going to do? Go like toilet paper her freaking like shrine now while you're at it. Like you, dick. <laughs> well, she wasn't. She wasn't.
1: She wasn't a, explicitly a goddess. I, I remember in the in the first one. But any time I saw it, I, I always told myself like, she's actually a goddess. You know, like, <laughs> like they, they didn't. Cha- they're
2: just not mentioning that. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, so what else are you working on? Because we got Pacific Rim coming out in two weeks, and despite what the freaking internet says, mm-hmm. uh, geeks are excited about it. We're really excited about it, and I think I think we're just like. The geek, and I'm not going to speak for all the geeks because I think they're just reacting to the decimation of Superman and the divisiveness of Superman. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. <laughs> I've never seen a geek movie so divisive. <laughs> like, I loved the movie, I saw it twice. I but I but there seen are people it. who, like, are ready to crucify it. Yeah, yeah. And I'm yeah. sitting there going, wait yeah. a minute. Like, crucify a movie? Nah, I don't get it. But Well, I mean, here's,
1: here's the thing I think a lot of people don't understand is that a movie doesn't want to get made. Like, it really, it does not want to get made. And Hollywood will tell you <laughs> no at every juncture. At every, so the fact that you're sitting in a theater <clears throat> watching something that's even marginally good at all is a small miracle. Yes. And if it's great, like, you know, then it's a statistical
2: impossibility. Right. You know, like something very crazy is happening. I think Sam somewhere. Sam Raimi says you have a movie in your head, mm-hmm. and it's a 100% movie. But through all the, like, mitigation, all the compromise, all working with other people – if you get eighty percent of that movie onto the screen, you've made a great film. Oh yeah. And that, that's that's one of my favorite Sam Raimi quotes. Just through yeah, the there's w- a real just intrigue, the process. Yeah. Just through the erosion of the process. Yeah. Uh, but that's a great point. So now that we're two weeks out mm-hmm. from UC and Pacific Rim on the screen, like you gotta be jumping up for joy. Oh yeah. I well I've been I've been
1: waiting I I, I had the idea like in two thousand seven. Mm-hmm. So um even by the even by the time it got it, it got bought and uh, and announced and all that, and people were like, oh, man, it's going to be like three years. I was like, I- I've already waited three years.
2: I want you to be prepared for this, Travis. It's not going to be up in theaters next week. And you're like, I know. I'm not five years old. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm not a five-year-old, and just seeing it is going to be awesome. So like, your head might explode on Friday? I can't Friday? Even think about it. Will you wear else? a GoPro? <laughs> <laughs> if like at any part of your body might explode out of excitement on Friday, it would, could Keyscape give you a GoPro to wear at the screening? Pro- it would probably it would probably be safe at the premiere. Can I give you a GoPro to see if your head explodes? Probably, I think it'd be awesome. <laughs> Uh, and then see like the person next to him's head explode and be like, "Wait, what? No, this is no wait." <laughs> it's like Halloween three and yeah, you know, everybody has pumpkins on their heads. The centipedes coming out now. The references are getting out of control. Weirdly, oh, that was, now. Weirdly, that was and what Night, oh, yeah, of, yeah, yeah, Night of the Witch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't like sc- that? No, no. I love That was the worst Halloween three, but it's kind of badass in no. retrospect. No, no. yeah. so yeah. Dude, <laughs> three more days. Oh, we loved it. <laughs> so uh, Silver Shamrock. Yeah. W- that was a great one, <laughs> but that's not what's going to happen at the screening. I, I this is what I predict. I predict that like World War Z the the haters and the the analysts are going to be wrong on this one in mm-hmm. that people are just going to want to see cool shit yeah and this is cool shit this is these are monsters versus robots and i know you put character in it uh, <laughs> hey i'm not gonna i'm not gonna be smart you when you're in, in in your crap. well i mean yeah I, but at not the end of the you day yeah 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 at the end of the day like monsters punching robots like let's do it yeah like let's like smashing things yeah. let's do it in <laughs> in the comic book like is the comic book still have that same kind of energy like 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 you got to be Jones and for The comic's awesome too.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, the comic, the comic, it's sort of it's sort of a different beast, really, because it's it's like you know people compare comics and movies all the time. No, say, it's
2: it's way way crazier writing them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The pacing, it's like it's totally different. It's a little yeah. bit mathematical. Yeah, yeah, because yeah.
1: you can't, you know, you're you're cognizant of the fact that any time you know the reader can just put it down and go make a sandwich. Yes. You know, and In the, every
2: page turn is an excuse for them to do so. Yeah, exactly. So every page, like you. You have to pace it for page turns. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, a, it's a crazy mechanical process, and I'm working through it now again. Yeah, like the final product looks like a movie storyboard, it's true,
1: but the script to a comic book looks nothing like no. a movie storyboard. Have you at written all. video games? No, no.
2: I, I wrote yeah. video games in Excel. <laughs> <laughs> the, di- the dialogue are Excel sheets away from each other.
0: Yeah, Matt, yeah
2: because cause, cause it, cause it's a true branching system and so each brand each choice Uh, the player makes has to go to a different portion of the excel Uh, sheet so like a different tab and that has all the responses and then based on that it goes to another tab so i have i mean i would have these excel sheets that were like 20 megs huge which for an excel sheet that's That's ridiculous like a 20 meg excel (laughs) sheet and it would just have so much tabulation on it and you can't get in any pace, I think <laughs> is what we're saying with comic books, yeah, yeah with yeah. Com- with, with movies, you can kind of get into a pace, you can kind of hear a rhythm of, of... it's
1: like hey you're're you're, yeah. you're my slave for the next two hours, right like right. You, you you I think you have to muster a lot of will to get up and walk out of a movie, right you fork down the money, you know everybody's there. It's like it's really. A I think I've done it once. And I can't even remember the movie. I've never done it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've and I've endured some some things. Of course, <laughs> we all have, yeah. yeah We've yeah, definitely yeah. endured some bad yeah, ones. Yeah.
2: We're geeks. We've had through some that were like I remember having to explain some of them. Like I told you earlier, I was like, no, no, what I'm reading isn't this bad. Please, you have to trust me. <laughs> I don't know why they're fighting on a swing set. Please, I don't know. <laughs> don't walk away, Matt Murdock, you bastard. Uh, <laughs> (laughs) Why are you fighting in broad daylight on a swing set? (laughs) No. Who built this chamber for you? You're blind. How did the Teamsters okay this? (laughs) Who built you this chamber, Matt Murdock? Who? Uh oh uh, some, sometimes the, the, the cuts never heal. <laughs> no, that's true. <laughs> sometimes they never heal. <laughs> that's true. Um but um but I and then Daredevil's when I really I actually got on DVD director's cut and like it. Uh it <laughs> <laughs> it's got Coolio in it. What's up? Um, but listen, I this is what the, I'm going to go back with my prediction and uh I think that all the geeks are going to swarm to this one, especially with like the fervor of Comic-Con coming on and um, in in you know original or remake or anth- or you know existing IP be damned. I think that people just want to see monsters fighting robots and cool shit, and it's got stringer bell in it. And well,
1: I mean, what's amazing Luther. is like it's 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 an original property, but weirdly it already has a fan base, and like there. Are people... And Gamel has a fan base. Oh yeah, and, like, yeah. yeah. He comes. We yeah, have with it built in, and it's like, and they're getting pissed about like you know, you know. I see like geeks who never talk about tracking in their lives being like this tracking thing, man. You know, like. That's just not fair, you know. Like, and, and it's great because it's like it's like they care, you know. Like uh, other movies that pe- that people talk about as having you know having bit flopped or been duds, like they didn't have you know I think the fans that we have, right? And they didn't have like the the enthusiasm that that we have. And I'm really like I'm I'm so grateful for that. And I want nothing more than to see this movie in an audience with like real people, you know. And not just, like, movie insiders and
2: that sort of thing. Right. Well, then your 23rd reunion, you get to go back and and swing a big stick. Yeah, yeah. You know, and be like, hey, who's on the friend's ladder now, (laughs) Tina? (laughs) Hey, Tina, do you have some work How do you
1: know her name?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Hey, everyone's got a Tina in their past. Everyone. If you're listening to Geekscape you know you have tinas in your past <laughs> um listen guys that is the time that we have here with travis uh the movie is pacific rim it comes out in two weeks and you can get a head start right now uh with pacific rim tales from year zero it is a hardcover trade paperback archaea style from legendary books you know legendary started up this i remember them telling me uh, at comic-con like two three years ago they were like we're gonna start comics don't announce it but it's gonna be our big announcement at comic-con this year And i was like i won't tell anybody and i told like <laughs> 50 people <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was like Warren Ellis is making a and so I told like 50 people um, but I'm really excited about uh, this This Tales from uh, Year Zero because, hopefully the first of many yeah well I mean you got two weeks to go and, and read this one geeks and then it'll prep you for the for the movie Absolutely. so it's in comic book stores now but yes. it, but it, it'll be in like Barnes and Nobles when the it's movie everywhere comes now. out yeah, oh it is it's, yeah, it's, oh, so yeah, it's, it's everywhere yeah. you can yeah. go and throw a rock and hit this book and go pick it up because it's mm-hmm. probably pretty awesome and you probably have I some love sick it. artists I really really love it the artist did a great great job Sitting and watching movies, that's the one thing with difference about movies and comics that we're talking about is... Uh, there was nothing. I was actually more satisfying with satisfied with looking at my comic because mm-hmm. it went through less people. Oh yeah. And and w- movies, you see everybody's kind of interpretation end up on the screen, and it was your vision. And not to get selfish, because it's cool that some people added great things to it. Oh yeah, yeah. But in the comic, it's just pure. Yeah. No, that's
1: exactly what I, the word I was thinking is pure. And, and I love getting the pages every day. Yeah. You know, from the artist. It's
2: just like, like cocaine versus heroin.
1: Oh. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> it would just happen, right? right? Like you would just, you know, like oh, it's there. It's almost done. You
2: know? Right. Well, we value uh, purity and geekiness here at, at Geekscape. And, and, you know, a part of us still values Tina. Uh, so go out there and pick up Tales from Year Zero. And definitely in two weeks, go to Pacific Rim. And when you're in San Diego, come by and visit Travis and I. We're literally going to be next to each other uh, in that aisle at Comic-Con. Uh, check out everything at Geekscape.net, on Facebook, Twitter, youtube search for geekscape be friends with us uh you can follow travis on twitter at travis beecham that's right and i'm at jonathan london because we were the early birds who took our names on (laughs) travis yeah Yeah, (laughs) baby we took our names early so before anybody (laughs) could copy us uh and for kenny craig uh thank you so much we will not be here next week but the week after we're gonna have some more geekiness for you movies games and comics and tv you're listening to geekscape we'll see you guys next time